1: Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to dive into the last 24 hours of news in Rugby League. Plenty happening, and of course, last night's game, a uh, bit of a flopperella of a game, to be honest. They dropped ball left, right, and center. Um, a bit of a scary sign for the Eels. I mean, I thought the Roosters played nowhere near their best footy, missing vast majority of their squad, and they won 28-0. Um, very, very disappointing for the Parramatta Eels. I mean, yes, missing Mitch Moses, but I don't know how much of a difference it would have made. Uh, Plenty of speaking, talking around Clint Gutherson, the way that he was carrying on last night. I mean, I know you all love Gutho. I know he's the king. And this is sort of part of the reason why I don't have him on that top tier of fullbacks is that he's always sort of had this in him. Yeah. He's the first guy to run up to referees and complain and get emotional. And I I I just don't, I don't know. I've never been as big a fan as a lot of other people. It's interesting to see the backlash over the words that were said last night. Personally, I don't agree with it, um, especially what he called, uh, the halfback, Brad Arthur. I understand that he wasn't having a great game. But, uh, sorry, uh, Jacob Arthur. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Not, not a huge fan of it. Myself... But, I mean, if you're going to put microphones on the field, you're going to catch this sort of stuff, and uh, it's part of what you have to deal with. Look, um, Jason Taumalolo, he has declared that he will be playing for Tonga at the end of the season in the World Cup, and he expects his teammates to follow suit. So, um, yeah, I mean, if Jason Tamalolo is calling you out to represent Tonga, it's going to be hard to say no just quietly, especially with what they've built over the last few years. And, you know, w- w- without without disrespecting Tonga, I mean, without New Zealand and without Australia, my God, they must give themselves a fucking good hope to win this thing. They would be very, very excited about the potential that this World Cup holds. So I think that'll be sensational to get all of the, all all the Tongan boys to be able to play there. But as I said the other day, there is going to be a factor of. Guys that have now been in a bubble for a couple of weeks, their families have sort of been moved away from home. There's going to be a lot that's going to go into this, and we don't really know what the situation, how the situation is going to unfold with COVID here and in England. So an interesting one to watch. Jerome Luai, who we were hoping would be playing for Samoa, which would be a massive in for them. Uh, he's not sure if he will be playing in the World Cup realistically. His partner is pregnant, um, so a tough decision for Jerome Luai. Personally, I would say he's probably not going to be there realistically. I think family has to come first. First. Andrew Fafita has obviously spoken out as well. There's talk that we could see a Maori and an Indigenous side go into this World Cup, which I think would be unreal. I probably don't see it happening because uh, it's just rugby league and it all seems a little bit too hard, but I think this would be unreal to see. I'd be a huge fan of this. And Andrew Fafita said that it'd be really hard for him to choose who he represents, other, you know his Indigenous uh, community or the Tongan community. I think it'd be very interesting to see where a lot of these guys fall because I mean, it's a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to represent the Indigenous side in the World Cup. Can you you imagine if if they do manage to get in and the Indigenous team wins the World Cup? I just think that would be one of the best rugby league stories of all time. But at the same time, if Tonga goes on to win it, I mean, wouldn't that just be unreal as well? So, so many positives to come out of this unfortunate negative with the Kangaroos and the Kiwis not playing, and I hope everyone really does get behind it if this all goes ahead. The Sydney Roosters, uh, they've identified Angus Crichton and Joey Manu as the next two guys. They want to re-sign long-term. I think Joey Manu broke the record last night for most metres run in a game. Um, I I think he took a a quick tap on the last play last night, ran about 60 metres at the very end of the game. Um, Not on the last play, in about the last five minutes or so – that would have helped that, but there was another run that he took out a dummy half that was unreal, and I think especially super coach wise, you got to be keeping an eye on Joey Marner. The amount of work he's doing when he's on the wing and he's coming in into the middle is unreal for the Roosters. He's really owning his senior spot in this team now, which is sensational to see, and obviously he's coming off contract, so you're probably going to see more and more of the best footy out of Joey Manu, but Angus and Joey, two guys that I think the Roosters will be prioritising, they'll want to keep both of them. I think Joey's going to be a harder keep than Angus. I don't see Angus Crichton going anywhere anywhere else anytime soon. Seems to love the Eastern Suburbs lifestyle down there, so interesting to see how that plays out. Tigers coach Michael Maguire has hosed down all speculation that Curtis Scott will be arriving there. There's been a lot of talk of that over the last 24 hours or so he said no there is rumours that you could see Zach Lomax land there now I reported yesterday that Lomax wasn't following the Dragons the Dragons weren't following Lomax uh, that all changed very quickly I, I, I don't think it had anything to do with my podcast but there was a lot of talk on Twitter and everything about it as well which saw um, the two parties refollow each other so an interesting little one there and it all happened within about 15-20 minutes so interesting to watch there and hopefully I can get a life at some point uh, you'll see on the Instagram page today uh there's a kid debuting for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. We mentioned this last night as well, Davey Mowali, who I think is going to be a real star. Uh, he's a front row forward who's who's been compared to Payne Haas. Now, obviously I've only seen him play SG Ball. I've seen him play a fair whack of SG Ball. That was very impressive. I saw him play for Waverley College, first 15, very impressive. But then he went up to New South Wales Cup and made he handred himself in cup footy as well. So very interested to see how this kid goes. He's only 18 years old, so don't expect the world, but I think this is a kid. to be watching over the next few years obviously the South Sydney Rabbitohs whilst we're on them, they've got Adam Reynolds leaving at the end of this season going to the Brisbane Broncos, leaves a big question mark around the 7 jersey next year, we're hearing that Anthony Milford could be the guy to land there which would be very very interesting, they are the favourites to land him now and Cody Walker has come out and said that if you know that does play out he will take over that, that key ball playing role and, and that's that organisation role as well, which will be very, very interesting because personally, I've never really seen Cody Walker as that sort of footballer. In fact, I think Cody Walker does his absolute best work when he's not playing that role. I think that's where you get his best footy. I think that's where you have got his best footy at South Sydney, out the back of Adam Reynolds. I've been talking about that for a long time. So really interesting times at South Sydney. A really good test for Cody Walker, though he is 31, 32, however old he is now. So he's definitely the age where he can handle that role. I just wonder if it hinders him a little bit but we'll have to wait and see you'd be a brave man to doubt anything that Cody Walker can do just quietly but interesting times for South Sydney a real changing of the guard personally I think this at the end of this season you could see their premiership window close so a lot of pressure on them coming into the back end of the season There's the three best teams, and then there's South Sydney. Um, But I don't think South Sydney are out of that race by any means. So a really exciting end of this season coming up. Stay tuned, guys. Later today, we're going to be doing our best retro team. So best team, and the way that we're doing it, it's not actually our team. It's based on Rugby League Week. So in 1987, Rugby League Week started giving every single game and every single player a rating out of 10 for the entire season. Then at the end of the season, they would have their best 13 of the entire year, and they would also have the top five players of that season. So they did this from 1987 to whenever Rugby League week closed its doors. I think it was 2014 or something. So every year, there's five guys that are voted as the players of the year, and this was a really prestigious title back in the day. I've gone through all of them from 1987 to 1999, that real retro round, perfect spot, and I've taken all the guys who voted in the top, five. I've kept track of how many times I've voted in the top five, and I've made a dream team one to thirteen of those guys from Retro Round. It's going to be a sensational episode. Cannot wait to bring you that one. Stay tuned for that one a little bit later today. I think you'll really enjoy it
0: it.